So you've got your police promotion board coming up. You've got your interview coming up to join the police. You know you're going to get asked some really tough questions. And I give you examples of what those questions are going to be on my courses. But how are you actually going to structure your answer so that it is detailed enough? So if it's an enforced face-to-face interview or a board, it's got some uh, emotional connection. It's authentic and it's going to actually answer the question that you're being asked. And it's got to be of sufficient time, not sufficient time in terms of waffle, but sufficient time in terms of quality. Because so many of you are being told that your board or your interview will be 45 minutes to an hour long. That's a lot of talking. And you might also be told that you're going to get six or seven questions. Do the math. That's over five minutes per answer. So even though they may be selling it as a professional discussion, which I know some forces are doing, it's still an interview and you've still got to do a lot of talking. It's not the interviewer's job to do the talking. Their job is to ask the questions. It's your job to answer them. So how are we going to actually structure our answers? Well, I go into this in a far more detail in my online courses, in my webinars, where Every time I run a webinar or every time I do a one-to-one, I can guarantee that when we practice interview questions and you practice the answers, that the structure will crop up because it crops up every time. It crops up as an issue every, every time. So you could be forgiven for not having a really good structure that's going to nail it. Now, one of the things that you're going to do, I think the first thing that you'll do is you'll probably or have done is you've gone to Google and looked up how to answer interview questions and then know what it's going to tell you it's going to tell you use the star format situation task the actions you took and the result no just no why because no one talks like that do they i mean seriously do you ever at any time in your life say things like so the task i set myself or the task i was set by my manager And actually, I don't even want to hear about a task you were set by your manager. I want to hear about examples of where you've given 120% without being asked to do so. So that's what we're going to focus on. And we're going to use a slightly different model. It's a variation on STAR, but it's one that I've developed over the years. When I say over the years, I've been doing this now for 26 years, helping people with promotion boards and specialist interviews for 26 years and helping people to succeed in the police recruitment process now for over 10 years. So this is something which I've been developing over the years and I call it SALCU. SALCU, what does that stand for? Well, same as STAR, we're going to describe the situation, but we're going to describe it in a lot more detail So especially for those of you who are going for inspector or chief inspector positions or or superintendent positions, your answers need to demonstrate that you can see the impact of the problem of the situation of the difficulty that you've got ahead of you from a variety of different angles. So we're going to put ourselves in the shoes of the victim, if there is a victim, of of your good self of the perpetrator of whatever the actions might be so let's just say it might be someone who is displaying inappropriate behavior so what impact is this having on the victim of the inappropriate behavior what impact could it have on the person who's a perpetrator if they are not stopped what impact could it have on you if you don't do anything about it what impact could it have on the rest of the team and then what impact could it have on the organization's reputation in terms of its customers 
uh, if you're a police officer, think members of the public. And then you can link that in with the legitimacy. So already, can you see how we're starting to build up a lot of detail in our answer? the sort of detail which so many of you just do not include and it's not your fault because no one's ever shown you have they no one has ever shown you i ask this question regularly of my clients i'll ask so how many of you at college or university or school were shown how to answer interview questions and the no, no one puts their hands up rarely do i get anyone saying well yeah we had something but the something is normally about a half an hour or an hour or something like that just not enough not enough so it's not your fault, and that's why I'm here, is to support you through this process and make sure that your answers are awesome and they're going to completely nail it, that you're covering the things that you need to cover. You don't have to worry about the competency and values framework. I understand the behaviours within it. I understand the sort of things that they're going to be looking for. And actually, ultimately, when it's a face-to-face -face interview, whether it's a board or you're going to join the police, what they're really thinking is, can I see this person on my team as a police officer? Can I see this person on my team as a sergeant or as an inspector? Can I see this person working alongside me in the road policing unit? That's the bottom line. Because can I share something with you? Shh, don't, don't tell everyone about this, but no one actually understands the competency and values framework. I get to speak to senior officers. I get to speak to middle managers within the police who are actually doing these interviews. And when I ask them, honestly, do you actually understand this? The answer is always no, I just don't understand it. I don't get it, it doesn't make any sense to me. So that's why if you're trying to focus on the competency and values framework and learn it, as you're often told, learn the competency and values framework. And if you're thinking, I can't learn this, then you can be forgiven because no one really understands it. No one really understands it. But if you follow the format I show you, then you're gonna tick all the boxes anyway. So the next stage, as opposed to uh, task is your aim because people talk like that don't they they don't say things like the task i set myself but they do say things like so what i was aiming to achieve or what i was hoping to achieve that sounds more like a conversation and then from there once you've described what success looks like or what you've described what normality looks like or what the scenario would look like once the problem or the the challenges difficult situation has been solved or resolved once you've described your aim, you can then talk about some of the options that you considered. Now, the police like this. If you're already in the police, you know this. The police love you to talk about the options you considered. And actually, it's a really important part of decision-making. I know this because I used to be a police officer, and I know that creating different options and thinking about the pros and cons and what the impact of each one of those options might be on others it's a really important part of problem solving, decision making. So it's something that you need to include in your answer. Very few people will do that. This will set you aside. Next stage is the action phase. There's one thing here that just about all of you don't do very well, because you'll talk about what you did, but you don't talk about how you actually did it. So this is something we really focus on in our webinars and I really focus on on my one-to-ones with you is the how. The how is so important. And it's that detail which will describe your behavior, which will align then within the behaviors in the competency and values framework. So this is why the how is so, so important. And that's why I spend so much time on the how as well, because I know it's the critical part of your answer. So your bulk of your answer should be in that action phase.
Now we can talk about the result. Now, as opposed to all the guidance that you'll see on Google, or the guidance that other people may offer you, where they'll say things like, always make sure that you've got a success story. I don't want you to do that. Why? Because policing is complex. Policing is difficult. And very few things actually go to plan. So if you're describing how whatever you did went to plan and it went perfectly and aren't you awesome, as an interviewer, I'm going to sit there and think one of two things. One, either, well, that wasn't very challenging for them because it all worked out perfectly, or you're making it up. So I want you to come up with examples of things where it was challenging, where it was difficult. And where in the result phase you can talk about what went well and why. And then you can talk about how there was something in what you did that was difficult, challenging, didn't work out. This happens all the time, especially when I ask people a question when we practice and ask them, tell me about a time when you challenged someone's inappropriate behavior. And they'll make it sound like it was a walk in the park and how they challenged this individual's behavior was um, dead easy. And it wasn't, I know it wasn't. And I'll delve into it and I'll say, it didn't happen like that, did it? And I'll go, no, not really. Um, and I'll describe what really happened and they'll go, wow, how did you know? Well, it's because I've done it. I know I've challenged other people's behavior and I know it's really, really hard and people kick off and people resist what you've got to say or they'll throw things back like, who are you to tell me that? Or um, now you don't understand it. Or can't you take a bit of banter? I, I know what it's like. I've done it. So don't try and pre pretend that everything you touch turns to gold. And because you've got that thing in the result that didn't quite work out, you can then do some awesome learning. This is where you reflect on what happened and you can talk about what you do differently next time. Not I, you know, what I learned was the value of open questions. No, that's a statement of fact. That's not what you learn. That's not what you do differently next time. And then the last part, this is the part that a lot of forces really like. Actually, I've just heard from a client today. Well, they're a client now. They weren't a client before, but they failed one of their, uh, so not one of their, they failed their interview to join the police. And the feedback they got was that they didn't relate their answer to the role of a police officer. So this is a knowledge and understanding phase where and I go into a lot more detail on my one-to-ones and in the webinars and the online courses and shameless plug, check the links below, that's where they are. Um, I go into it in a lot more detail, this knowledge and understanding phase, because this is where you're demonstrating that you can understand why this particular facet of being a police officer or being a sergeant or being an inspector is so important to the police service and come up with some ideas about how you, once you are in the police or once you are a sergeant or are an inspector, are going to actually implement that behavior. So you're forward pacing yourself a little bit. Use that structure. I can guarantee that it's going to be five minutes or so because there's so much detail in it. Use that structure and everything I show you and everything I share with you in terms of 26 years worth of detail that's worked for thousands of people who've gone before you and you're going to nail it now you do need good examples you know you can't make them up you do need to have examples you do need to answer the question so that's subject of another video stroke podcast is how to ensure that you've got the right evidence and you're presenting the right evidence and that's something which a lot of you don't actually plan for i know that because i speak to you on a weekly basis i ask you questions about this and i know and it's not your fault you've not thought about the sort of things you're going to get asked about on your interview 
which means that you've not prepared your skills, your values for those things. Anyway, that's subject of another video, another podcast. So I hope you found this one really useful. Um, like I said, I'd be, be overjoyed if you could come and join me and become part of the success story. Uh, pass your sergeant's board first time round, pass your inspector's board first time round, get into the police first time round. That's what we're about. I'll show you the way, but you've got to do the hard work. There's no magic bullet here, folks. It's not just about watching my videos or sitting back in the webinars. You've got to take part. You've got to have a go. You've got to take that imperfect action on a daily basis that's going to take you closer to your goal. So, folks, I hope to see you soon on one of the webinars or one-to-ones where we can join in with each other and you can share those experiences and and jump in at the deep end and practice with me and take that imperfect action but learn from it improve your skills and nail it on the day that's what we're about i'll catch up with you very soon folks hope you found this useful i'll speak to you soon bye bye for now